Welcome to Just Us and the Climate, a podcast by the Climate Justice Coalition, where we bring climate change back down to earth and show how it's not only a crisis, but an opportunity to build a better, more just world. So excited about this podcast and sharing it with South African communities. I'm Dumi, the host of this first episode. I'm from an organization called Section 27, a public interest law center, which focuses on the right to access health and education. And recently, we're extending our focus, introducing climate justice as a focus area with an interest in how climate change intersects and affects the right to health and education. On this first episode, I'm joined by members of the Climate Justice Coalition. On the line is Alex from 350 Organization, Carolyn from Woman, and General from Makuse Community Development Forum. Welcome, comrades. Before I let you formally introduce yourselves, I want to start by putting you on the spot with the following random question. Please do take this seriously. Uh, my question for you today is, if you had a billboard with anything on it, what would it be? Carolyn, let's start with you. Wow. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult question <laughs> because I have so many messages that I wish I can put out there. But uh, I think one message that comes into my head is that um, women stand in their ground to fight for environmental injustice and climate change. Alex, do you want to tell us what would be on your billboard? I think I would probably have a picture of uh, where my family's from in Mauritius. And there's this beautiful bay that I used to go snorkeling in as a kid um, filled with coral reefs. And I think that's one of the things that I really want to protect um, is the sort of coral reefs and the sustenance and the protection that they give to communities in Mauritius. So that's, that's sort of one motivator that I would probably put up on the billboard. Comrade General, what would be on your billboard and where would you place it? My billboard will be in formal settlements and more probably in, in the bridges where people can see it, where it can be visible enough with the message, we are not going back to normal. Yes, of course, this is because of the coronavirus, which has changed our lives. Thanks, comrades. Without further ado, then let's get into the first part of this Climate Justice Coalition podcast. Carolyn, can you tell us about yourself and where you're from? Yeah, my name is Caroline Taupane and I, I live in Sasselbeck. Um, Sasselbeck is a very small town, but it's surrounded by many polluting companies. We have big petrochemicals industries like um, Sassel Chemical Industry, Natrev. All the jet fuels and oil comes from my area. So we have coal to liquid gas plant here in Sasselbeck. So that's where I grew up. Um, and I work for the organization called Women. Um, it doesn't stand for women in mining, but it stands for women who are affected by the destruction of the natural resources in Africa. General, can you tell us what organization you represent and maybe a bit more about your organization's interest in climate justice? I come from the organization called Magausu Community Development Forum which is an informal settlement in the East Rand, in Primrose particularly. I think the organization have been revived in 2007 to resist the forced evictions. And then we started to look at other issues 
beyond the uh, resistance of evictions, like your service delivery, upgrading of the area. But the main focus that led us into the climate justice issues are the environment where we are located, which is in the old mining dam, then the environmental impact that is impacting on our community mm. get us involved in the climate justice issue because we are in what they called a mining belt informal settlements, which are around 18 to 20 informal settlements that are located in that strip. So that's our interest in the climate justice fight. And finally, Alex, if you could tell us which organization you represent and a little bit more about your organization's pre-existing work in climate justice. Sure. So I'm with 350africa.org. We're a global organization, but we also have an African and a South African presence. Basically, our aim is to to work to help build and support the global climate justice movement. And so we support grassroots organizations across the world that are fighting on the front lines of climate change, fighting for climate solutions that are really working to build the, the power needed to push the solutions um, to climate change because we recognize that this is a political issue um, and that we need to push those in power to to put in place the policies and the solutions that are needed. We recognize that the solutions are there, but because we have the vested interests of fossil fuel companies, of politicians that are bought out by them, we're not able to make those solutions real. And so we work to build and support grassroots and climate justice movements across the world to, to really build that political power for change. It's brilliant. And the Climate Justice Coalition is a fairly new coalition. Alex, if you could take us through what specific work will the coalition be focusing on and why have organizations come together to form this organization? Yeah, so the, the Climate Justice Coalition is is relatively new and it's South African based and it's bringing together um, civil society organizations, trade unions, community organizations, grassroots orgs that are all working in different ways to, to advance climate justice. Some of them are more social justice, human rights organizations. Others, you know, as, as trade unions have broader focuses around working class struggles. Um, others focus on gender. And we recognize that all these struggles are interconnected and that climate justice impacts us all significantly, but it impacts some more than others, and that it's also tied with questions of energy justice and economic justice. So it's about recognizing that interconnection of climate justice issues to the broader struggles that we're fighting and sort of bringing together different groups and organizations that want to work together across these different struggles for justice to, to push for a more transformative vision of climate justice. And so we've been going for under a year now, but we're having more and more groups that are wanting to join together to fight for that struggle and to connect climate justice to these other struggles together and hopefully build a stronger movement than, you know, your traditional environmentalism, which maybe is a little bit more limited and is focused on like, let's say nature or something like that. This is more about a people-based struggle for, for climate justice. Absolutely. General, why is working for climate justice so important in the first place? I think almost everything today is lead it lead us or it might lead us to a pandemic. So the climate justice challenge or struggle is one of the unseen pandemic that we are heading to. I think it's been overtaken by this uh, corona thing, but it is something that has been agent for some time. So for us, as I've said, that we are in the informal settlement that is located in the mining dams. So all this impact, the shortage of water, the environmental impact 
all of those things are impacting on us. And my area of Makausu is plus minus 20,000 populated community. So mm. all of those uh, things, like if you check the informal settlements that are classified under mining belt in the Eurian municipality, close to half a million, if not more, of, a com- of, co- of communities that will be impacted by this uh, climate uh, justice in the long run or in future. And the kids that are born there are also like vulnerable to such a climate justice that they are actually succumbing to or living under. Sure. Carolyn, please can take us through some of the objectives of the Climate Justice Coalition. What kind of change in South Africa will the coalition be aiming to effect? I think like Alex mentioned, the number of different groups that are part of the coalition and we want to see a bigger change. And one of the bigger changes, not in so many ways, is that South Africa needs to start um, taking the issue of climate change seriously um, because it's not happening tomorrow, it's happening now. Um, more and more communities are starting to feel the pinch of climate change, like in the rural areas where you have droughts and also one of the big causes of the of the climate change or the contributor is a lot of carbon emissions that we see in, 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 in the air. So I think the objectives is also to push back on coal um, that contribute to carbon emission is also to push back on accountability and transparency that we are not seeing today, that more and more coal mining companies are being given licenses to operate. And what about renewable energy? So we look at the, especially at Midupi and Kusile, which are the largest um, big coal power station in South Africa. So I remember in the beginning, we lobbied government and then we said, instead of giving so much money or loans from the World Bank to support coal companies, why don't you invest more on renewable energy? So we're also talking about the transformation that Alexis also spoke about into low carbon economy. We're talking about alternatives that will be driven from the ground. Mm. We're also talking about um, because we know that the energy system is being monopolized, it's owned by ESCOM. So we're also talking about decentralization of energy, um, which will be grounded and owned by people. So we talking about many voices, um, talking about what kind of energy system will they want and how would they benefit from that energy system. But on the side of women, um, we know that women are bearing the brand of collecting wood and also going and search for coal in the unrehabilitated um, mines, in dams in many areas. But we're also saying that women should have voices um, because they are in the forefront as the role they play as caregivers, as the people who are cooking at home, as the people who need to ensure that they, it's always warm, mm. there's hot water for the children to, to bath. So we also saying that the voices need to be central. We're saying that it's about time where government um, needs to stop to use a standardized approach or a one size fit all approach. Everybody should have a voice on the, on the, on the kind of energy system that we, that we want. The apartheid laws needs to end. 
the minerals and energy complex that we found ourselves that was heavily invested on on coal needs to come to an end um and people needs to be in the forefront of of of, of taking those such decisions and coming up with alternatives influences policies and also make sure that there is regulations um that are implemented in south africa in south africa do we take climate justice seriously do we take the issues around climate change seriously? I wonder if any of you want to answer. No, I'll say no. Probably South African government has been very much reluctant in taking what comes from the community very seriously. As communities that are marginalized, communities that are vulnerable, we never been taken serious by this de- uh, democracy. I think this democracy has been twisted to the democracy. That's how it goes because Communities are told that they have a right to this, a right to that, but whatever right that they are guaranteed, even by the constitution, is not realistic. It's not even happening because whatever you are saying from below is not being taken up by those uh, politicians, parliamentarians, or decision makers or the authorities. So, meaning that our voices are not here. So, that is why we even build movement like your climate justice collusion so that we come together and make a stronger voice in demonstration, writing, lobbying, and doing all sorts of things that will get that attention that we want from the government. But our government is a damn crazy government that doesn't listen to the people. Alex, can I ask, what's your feeling? Do you think um, climate justice is a serious issue in South Africa? Is it being taken seriously, considering all the effects that um, we've spoken about today on the communities we're representing? Is climate justice being taken seriously? I think it's being taken very seriously by a lot of movements in the country that recognize we need to take action. But when we think about the structure of our economy and our government in South Africa, it maybe helps explain why it's not being taken seriously by the government. We live in the most unequal society in the world and one of the most carbon intensive economies too. And I don't think they're separate. Those are the reasons they come together is because that minerals energy complex is at the heart of our economy and it drives deep inequality because it's built on labor exploitation. It's built on environmental degradation and the government is deeply wedded to those interests too. And so I think what we see is that the struggle for climate justice is also a struggle for economic justice because it is about fighting this clear unequal economic system, which is funneling uh, profits to a few in South Africa and driving such deep inequality while leaving a lot of people behind. And so I think what we need to do is build the political power to ensure that the government takes as seriously the crisis of climate change as the people that are most impacted by it, by interconnected air and water pollution, and by the fact that you know we could have a more inclusive and sustainable economy that creates more jobs for many. There's that One Million Climate Jobs program, which talks about how transforming our economy can make it both more fair, but also create many, many more jobs than the present, which is vital in our deep, deep uh, levels of unemployment and poverty and inequality in South Africa. My answer would say, yes, a lot of movement in South Africa, they are starting to work on climate um, issues. But um, you've also seen government, especially when coming to the conference of parties, um, that they are not taking climate change um, seriously. If you have the polluting companies as part of negotiators in the in 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 the South African delegation, I don't know. Like you, you cannot 
ask um, someone to monitor himself because if you have Sasol and ESCOM as part of engagers and negotiators in terms of how to cut down or how to cap the, the, the climate crisis, then it's a fraud. The process is, I feel like the process is fraud and we're not being taken really seriously as South African citizens in terms of what we want. Um, so I think that needs to come to an end because people should, should be on the front line of driving the decisions when coming to uh, climate change solutions. There are people who are doing a lot of things in the rural areas, like in terms of agroecologies. So they are doing things that shows or uh, that demonstrate that there is a future um, and things can be done differently. And using all the different knowledge, not only the scientific knowledge that we, we, we are being told. So now people are being lied to, people are being made to choose between the long-term survival and the short-term survival. Because when the mining company comes, the first thing they do, they play with people's mind, they promise them jobs, they promise them better lives and better economic development which does not benefit them, it's only benefit the few. So that's why I'm saying that government and corporations, they're working together and they're undermining the wealth and the knowledge that people have. I think many of those sentiments are true. Um, and it's the experience of a lot of vulnerable communities who are unfortunately caught up trying to get a seat at this table, which is very heavily occupied by corporates and government who generally don't have an interest, like Alex was explaining to us, that their interests are very heavily economic-driven. So if I can ask each of our guests today just to share a little snippet into what listeners can look forward to in the season of the Climate Justice Coalition podcast series. So we, what we're really excited about at this podcast is really looking at the various different ways that climate justice intersects to the different struggles that folks are facing across South Africa. And so it kind of aligns with the philosophy of the, the coalition behind it is to really magnify the different voices of those that are impacted in the different struggles. So whether that's speaking to uh, women on the front lines of extractive industry or speaking to even young people whose schools are being uh, devastated by natural disasters um, in a country where there is lack of service delivery to, to really provide on you know, robust educational facilities. Um, so I, I think what we're looking at is the different interconnected struggles that we that we face around climate justice and also trying to connect that to how we can organize together to to push for solutions. Caroline, would you like to just give us a little teaser into what we're looking forward to in this season of the Climate Justice Coalition podcast series? I know me and Alex, we, we sort of talked about um, the recovery plan. So I think it will be very good to start learning from this crisis, the COVID-19 crisis and um, what happened with, um, if you don't have plan, if there's no political willingness uh, willingness, and, 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 and that. So we would like to see how South Africa is going to recover economically, but not making sure that the recovery plan, it's not adding more on the crisis of climate change that we are facing because if people are losing their jobs then it could be easier to say let's open new mines let's have you know more mining companies that could develop jobs very fast and and that so i'm looking forward into 
the discussions around just um, recovery plans. Comrade General, what are you looking forward to in this series of the Climate Justice Coalition's podcast? I think it's awareness uh, raising, getting people out there to know, more especially other formations and other forces that are outside the climate justice and also to take part in the fight Mm. for a, a better world. As I've said earlier, that we are not going to back to normal. So that's real. And we are not going back to normal. So even the state and authorities have to understand that, that we are not going back to normal. So we're going to expose the state in each and every wrongdoings that they are doing to make sure that those issues of the vulnerable groups, vulnerable communities, marginalized communities are taken seriously, as we've said. I'm also happy about the Hawks move in terms of trying to get the money back from the seniors in the ESCOM. That's one of the fights that we still want to observe and be part of that fight. And also trying to shape this democracy that we are in into a better democracy that works for all and organizing from below. That's, it just sounds so fantastic. And I hope our listeners are equally as excited. Um, I do want to invite everyone to join us on social media where the advocacy continues and where we can keep up to date with the work of the Climate Justice Coalition and find out more about how to get involved as a climate justice activist. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you, Carolyn and Alex and Comrade General. Thanks very much. Goodbye to everyone. Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Just Us and the Climate, a production by the Climate Justice Coalition. To find out more about the Coalition and their work to promote climate justice, visit climatejusticecoalition.org. This podcast is made possible thanks to the financial support of the Friedrich Ebert Stiftung. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.